Hi, and welcome to the American Dry Cleaner Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Burke, the editor of American Dry Cleaner. We're talking today about networking with peers and about how dry cleaning owners can reach out to peers to get help and discuss ideas. And joining us is Nora Nealis, Executive Director of the National Cleaners Association. She's been in the industry since 1974. Many of you know Nora. And uh, so let's get started. Nora, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me, Tim. Hey, great. Let's dive right in then. Uh, so we're talking about networking with peers. And um, dry cleaning owners aren't exactly all alone out on a desert island and up against the world with no resources. It's far from it. Uh, so let's discuss how a dry cleaning owner can walk across the street, so to speak, and just get to know their fellow dry cleaning owner and maybe start to develop that business relationship. Yeah, the, I, I have to share with you, in, in my heart and soul, I just know that the idea of, of walking out of your store and walking down the block and barging into the cleaner across the street that you don't know has to be not on the top 10 list of things any cleaner wants to do. Not just because it's a fellow dry cleaner owner, but we don't want to do it with anybody. You know, whether we're looking to get to know the pizza owner and the thing, or these connections are all critical. But breaking the ice and walking in cold, um, it's frightening. It's frightening for all of us. It goes back to when we were at school and we're the new kid on the block and you're trying to get a lay of the land and who's who and what's what. Yeah. But the bottom line is, and over my umpteen years of experience in the industry, I'll tell you, most dry cleaners are really nice people. They're friendly. They're willing to share. Um, they're willing to help. They're small business people. They understand the angst and the problems. And we're all probably more welcoming of that person who comes in with a smile on their face, introduces themselves, and says, gee, I saw your new van on the street, and it looks really awesome, and I just wanted to come in and say, job well done. Um, than any of us realize. But it's uh, it's not an easy thing walking out the door and walking across the street and saying, hi, my name is, and I'd like to meet you. I mean, that's hard, isn't it, Tim? Uh, yeah, Nora, that's, that's true. And uh, it is one of the toughest things in any uh, walk of life. But let's dive a little bit deeper into this peer relationship building. Uh, we all know it might not be easy to make that first contact. But what tips can we give to the podcast listener to um, quote-unquote break the ice? If I had to give somebody a, a tool book to use for this, I'd probably rely on the one that's been around for 75, 80 years, and that's Dale Carnegie's How to Make Friends and Influence People. It's a tried-and-true blueprint almost for how to break that ice and how to introduce yourself and what to do. I was up in the Bronx the other day visiting with a cleaner who had taken the Dale Carnegie course 10 years ago and to this day is still quoting the tips and, and golden rules that she picked up there. And she's one of the most connected cleaners in the industry. She makes friends and influences people. And if you were to ask her how and why, she'll tell you she does it by being genuinely interested in the other guy. There's always something about the other cleaner or person or banker or politician that she can get her arms around and use to break the ice with them. She does it with me. Oh, Nora, you know, I wanted your input on, and she'll launch into what it is she's looking for. Now, 
I immediately feel, wow, she's asking me. So she values my opinion. And because my opinion is being valued, she's not looking for something from me. She's looking for my insight into something. You immediately, your, your innate response, because she's interested, is to share with her every thought and feeling and insight you have to offer willingly and gladly. And she has built a tremendous network for herself over the years. But it's not about enhancing her. It's about her being genuinely interested. And I do mean genuinely interested in the other person. And I think it's, it's key to building relationships that you go into it thinking not just about yourself, but about the other person. Yeah, isn't that a great thing? A uh, wonderful thing you brought up, just that uh, uh, the golden rules you mentioned and how you ask somebody's opinion. And that's mm-hmm. so it's so nice, isn't it, to get, you know, your, do your kids ask your opinion? No. <laughs> but having somebody do that, isn't that a refreshing thing? Somebody wants to pick your brain, and isn't that a great way to open up and start a conversation? And absolutely. And, and when you think about how much more positive and how much more likely that is to get you a fine result than walking into the store and saying, you know, I want to talk to you about what you're charging for shirts. What the heck are you thinking about? You're driving down the market and, you know, we need to get on the same page here. Excuse me? <laughs> what possible reaction do we think we're going to get from, from this encounter? <laughs> on the other hand, if you walk in and you say, gee, I really want to talk to you about the amazing job you're doing on shirts and how you can possibly produce that kind of thing, you know, given the current market. And you start to open up the conversation totally differently. Now, you still may not get what you want at the end, but you you certainly are more likely to get it by being genuinely interested in complimenting him on something he's doing than on trying to browbeat him into submission by approaching it in, in a negative way or, or a critical way. Yeah. You know, the, last, the last way to build a relationship is to start out by criticizing somebody, at least not a positive relationship. You may wind up with a relationship, but it's not going to be the one you're looking for. Yeah, good, great point. Uh, so great icebreaker point about that, getting their opinion, getting them in, involved, asking them, mm-hmm. share their knowledge that's such a great thing mm-hmm. but so let's go uh travel a little bit deeper into the ice so to speak uh and we kind of kicked this around before we kind of said probably about we thought maybe 90 percent of all people are pretty genuinely nice people they're they're willing to open up and talk to you they'll answer a question and that's a good way to get started uh is the timing of trying to trying to get a business relationship uh figure in here to breaking the ice such as um when you when you may be trying to start a business relationship start it when things are going good i think you once mentioned you don't want to wait until you're short a box of strut hangers to walk across the street and, and introduce yourself to the cleaner and say oh by the way can i have a box of struts you know <laughs> it's much it's it's a much more positive thing to reach out to them early on you know, and in some cases, we're a day late and a dollar short because the guy's been down the block five years and we haven't looked at him. Um, but in a perfect world, when it changes owners, when somebody new comes in, it's like the welcome wagon where you live. There's nothing wrong with knocking on the door and saying, hi, welcome to the neighborhood. Um, you know, John Smith and I've got acne cleaners over on 
you know, West Bend Avenue. And I just wanted to introduce myself and give you my number and let you know that, you know, I hope you do well, that I do well, that we're good competitors. And if there's, I'd love to sit down and get together with you with a cup of coffee one day. It doesn't have to be a big thing. Just a simple, hi, how are you doing? It doesn't have to be walking in the store. It can be a phone call. I'm here. Reach out. And by the way, let's have a cup of coffee sometime. Um, you know, there's that nasty old saying, a friend in need is a friend indeed. <laughs> you, would like to be, you would like to be a friend before you're in need rather than after. <laughs> right. And, uh, you know, and that, this holds true for all your relationships. You know, we've got, we're living in a time where there's a lot of government activity on a million different fronts. You don't want to get, wait to get to know your city councilman until there's a plastic ban coming up in your neighborhood. You want to reach out to them and get to know them beforehand. This way, when you're coming to them, it's not in need, but as, you know, part of the relationship. And the same thing goes with the cleaner. And with the cleaner, if you wanted to join together with him in some kind of a community initiative where you you do a, a coach for kids or a prom dresses or a recycling program, whatever it might be, and you join together and you involve other local businesses, the retail store, the bank, the, the local city councilman, assemblymen, whatever it is, all these relationships, all these connections help you succeed as a, not only as a business but as a human being. That's another great point, uh, Nora, you brought up, and that's really, that kind of uh, covered my, sort of my next question. I was thinking that, uh, are those local events good ways to help break the ice? But you kind of just touched on those, get to know your local politician, and uh, obviously get to know those community events that would relate to you maybe getting involved, maybe donating your time, and then is your colleague doing that as well? Would that also be a way to get to know? Absolutely. You know, and, and gathering local businesses, and again, it doesn't just have, it can include the dry cleaner, but it can also include the guy who owns the pizza stand or, or the local pharmacy where you all get together and you go in and see this one or you sit down and you talk about some kind of a, a community project that you want to get together and, and foster and work together on. Or if you're being asked to sponsor local Little League teams, is there anything to say that you all can't get together and blossom out from there, not just with the team, but with other sponsors? I mean, there's a lot of opportunities to connect, and certainly local issues give you a tremendous opportunity to build relationships with your competitors and, and with your other neighbors, business neighbors in the area. Yeah, for sure. And it's fascinating how those relationships beget more relationships and eventually lead you places where you never thought you would go, but are happy when you get there. <laughs> yeah. Hey, have you ever seen, I'm just thinking as you're talking, have you ever seen those business, uh, those community uh, walks where it's usually in an evening and all the businesses are open? It's kind of like a sidewalk they have their wares out or they have beverages and barbecuing in the sun. It's a lot of times done in the summer uh, that seems to be a very community community oriented way where people are going to walk along and they're going to probably hit your cleaners. They're probably going to hit the other cleaners down the block along with all the other businesses in the pizza place. Have you ever seen those? Those seem to be like a very good way to sort of sort of launch this kind of uh, a better, closer relationship with peers. And nothing could be more important. Essentially, we're neighborhood businesses, you know, and we all 
or I don't, maybe not all, but many want to become, you know, the Uber of dry cleaning. And that's, that's a laudable goal. But essentially, we have an advantage in that we are in these neighborhoods, we're in these communities, we're brick and mortar, we're live and in person. And having those personal relationships with your competitors, with people in the neighborhood, with the community, um, it all starts locally. And without a good local base, nothing else is possible. And having good relationships with your competitors, friendly competitors, is as important as, as a good relationship with your banker or your, or your suppliers or anyone else. And you can take these opportunities, and you need to take these opportunities. Lord knows, dry cleaners work long, hard hours. They're there at 6 in the morning, they're there till 6 or 7 at night, they're doing six days a week, in some cases 7. And the thoughts of now taking what could be deemed leisure time to indulge in, you know, what in some ways they might view as a social event, which doesn't directly contribute to a bottom line is, you know, an, oh, no, I don't want to go there. But the fact of the matter is the cup of coffee that you might have after work with a competitor or another business in the neighborhood who in turn may know your competitor better than you do because for all that you're next door, that may be his dry cleaner, um, can result in, in relationships that yield positive things for you and your business. Right. You just, you just have to make the effort. And that's, I think, the hardest part is making the effort. So very true. And the and your point back a few minutes ago about just go say welcome to the neighborhood. You know, remember when neighbors used to do that growing up? That was a normal thing. Now I think it's very rare. And when you do go over and say welcome to the neighborhood, they're stunned that somebody said that. That's honestly, they don't, that doesn't happen as much as it should anymore. And that was a great point you made when you, about that. and that's a simple thing. And it becomes so much more powerful because it's not done. Yeah. It's because because they're not getting 20 knocks on the door saying welcome to the neighborhood. When they do get the knock, it becomes a wow. Yeah. <laughs> and and who and who's going to kick a wow at the door? Nobody. Nobody. You know. <laughs> Great. Yeah. You just made a friend, as my mom used to say. You just made a friend. That's uh, right. So we well we've pretty much covered and and thoroughly the. Um, just go walk in and say hi type of method, which is really... And that's the hardest way, I've got that's, to tell you. Yeah, that's... Of all the ways to make the connection, if you ask me which was the hardest, I would put that at the top of the list. Yeah, I, I agree <laughs> with you. I agree with you. It wouldn't be the first place I'd go. <laughs> no, no, go into your competitor. It's a, it's a little bit gutsy, and I, and I think most of us, knowing so many dry cleaners and just know kind of human nature, I think most of us, admire a person a little bit for having the guts to come over and do that and put themselves out. I think, I think you really have sort of made a friend when you've done that. Oh, and you're absolutely right. That's the guy that everybody talks about. Right. Oh my God. He's so friendly. Oh my God. He's so helpful. Oh my God. You mean you don't know him? You have to meet him. He's the guy that everybody wants to know and speaks highly of Right. and wishes they could be because what he does is not easy. Exactly what he right. does is not easy. But well, everybody loves him. True. Yeah. True. True. So you're 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 building some great connections there. Um. Mm-hmm. So besides that, we've given a lot of attention here in the podcast to talking about that that meeting, that breaking the ice. But are there other ways 
effective ways that uh, you can break through like that to make what we might call the cleaner connection with a fellow dry cleaning owner. And maybe I'm thinking about trade shows, round tables, or just picking up the phone and saying, Nora, help. I need Nora or Mary, I need help for some new ideas. What other ways are there besides knocking on the door are there to get, uh, to get that network started? I think you look for the connection and you don't be afraid to reach out to the people you're already connected to to have that happen. And you're right. Trade shows are a wonderful opportunity. Um, and because there are people there that you already know, making the connection from them to the next person becomes that much easier because you have them there to facilitate. And 20 years ago, NCA launched brainstorming with an idea of helping cleaners connect with others outside of the, the normal day-to-day running of their business. So, you know, there was a mix of education, social events, and hanging out by the pool on the theory that, you know, when everybody's laying around in their bathing suits, things get relaxed and relationships can get formed. This past summer, I went to an, an event that Miles held out in Michigan, and it was a dinner, and it was seminars, and it was golfing, and it was... Uh, think they did some kind of skyline thing, but it gave people an opportunity to connect with each other in social settings and get an introduction or just be thrown into a situation where you were forced to converse. Um, At least hopefully you were forced to converse (laughs) and and you didn't miss the opportunity by sitting in the back of the bus by yourself. Um, And that's that's again, you know, sometimes cleaners look at those kinds of events and they say, it's four days away from my business. I don't really need a piece of equipment. I'm really not interested in these seminars. Why should I go? And oftentimes when you talk to the cleaners who are there at these types of things, they will tell you they've learned more from the fellow cleaners they've spoken to there than they did from the guy that, that the organization paid thousands of dollars to get up and speak for two hours and that the opportunities and the things they learn and the ideas they pick up or the things they steer away from based on somebody else's experience more than pay for the trips. I think sometimes when it comes to those kinds of events, whether we're talking about clean, text care, brainstorming in the five stars, the mild event, cleaners tend to look at it as an indulgence, a social thing, an unpaid vacation, you know, a paid vacation through right. the business. Yep. Um, but the fact of the matter is taking the time and investing in those kinds of things yields tremendous results in the relationships, the contacts, the information, the new friendships formed. And oftentimes, especially in those kinds of situations, they're forming the relationships and they're, they're gaining the new friends in areas where they are not a direct competitor. Yeah. So they don't have to worry about sharing, quote unquote, you know, secret formulas that, you know, a competitor could pick up and and try and and use to enhance their own business at the expense of yours. I mean, here you're in a situation where you're talking to people, you know, who are not necessarily in your trading area. Right. So regional or across the country. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So you're getting fresh. Well, absolutely. You get a whole fresh unvarnished, uncensored insight into what's going on in somebody else's business and what's working and not working. And over the years, I've watched relationships 
grow from those kinds of events that have forged themselves into uh, cross-country relate friendships and relationships where people invite each other to each other's weddings a half a nation apart. And, and it's, a, it's a nice thing to see. Yes. It's a nice thing to see. It, yeah. it enriches everybody. But it means, you, again, you have to you have to push yourself out the door to register and, and go. And when you get there and you make these contacts, the trick then becomes what happens next, and that's the follow-up. Because meeting and talking is one thing, but reaching out when you get back home is where the work begins and the relationships really get an opportunity to flourish. Right. And what does happen next? That's a, that's a great thing you just led me to. Um, what does happen, and I've been involved in those after you're back, now you look over your notes, you remember things, mm-hmm. you want to call them, email them, text them. Sometimes you mm-hmm. can't reach someone right away because they're busy, they've come back and they got workload, mm-hmm. a workload together. So maybe give us a tip. What does happen next, Nora, in that situation? after the shows and different things and you get back, how much time should you wait and how should you reach out to them? What do you think? I would say, you know, I would try and do it within a week, but if it was six months, it wouldn't stop me from reaching out then. Um, We all do get caught up and we all do leave with the best of intentions. And in a perfect world, it might be great if you heard from them within a week to 10 days. But would you feel, and again, just think about how you'd react. Would you feel awful if six months afterwards you got an email or a phone call from somebody saying, I really enjoyed the time we spent together. I've been meaning to get with you and try and follow up on the conversation we had about X, Y, Z. Do you have time now or when can we get together to talk about it? Because I really felt we connected when we were down there. Is anybody going to hang up on you and say you waited six you waited six months before you called me about this i don't want to talk to you about this now that's that's not how as you said 90 percent of the people are no 90 percent of the people are going to be thrilled that even after six months though you were busy and consumed with whatever was going on in your life you circled back to me and reached out and touched me and they might even feel a little bit guilty that they didn't reach out and touch you first so how great is that? You know, you've got the upper hand here. <laughs> you did it before good they point. did it. Oh, yeah. good wow. Point. Very, good. <laughs> Very good. With all the online stuff today, all the social media stuff, the ways that people communicate, emails, text, video chat, and, and that's all effective, obviously, and it's growing. Um, does, does that work with making a connection with a fellow dry cleaning owner, do you think? Oh, sure. I've seen tremendous friendships flourish. I've seen reputations built. Um, I've seen um, images enhanced. I've also seen them diminished on occasion. It's a fine way to get involved, and it's certainly a fine way to get to know the positions and, and viewpoints and experience of others. You know, there's a lot of lurkers on those things where they just read and never post. Um, and yeah. those are people who, who gather information and then take it back and process it as best they can and, and apply it or don't apply it to their own businesses. So there's a certain, um, if you want to learn from others, but you don't particularly want to share yourself, um, 
you can't build a relationship that way. No. But you can certainly make yourself aware of what others are talking about and, and whatever possibilities those might present to you. If you want to build relationships, then you not only have to be on them, but you have to participate and give on them. And yeah. if you look, it's always interesting on those things. You know, there's a thousand people signed up, but if you follow it, you find out that there's a hundred people who post regularly. It's not necessarily a hundred percent participation, but those are extremely valuable. It's another way to connect. It's, it's another, another way, way to get to know. Yeah, right. Absolutely, it's another another tool for your for your tool belt in right. building. Well put. In building your own storehouse of knowledge. Yeah. It would go along with the other things we've already talked about, mm-hmm. I think. Um, it, it, you had also mentioned uh, to me that um, another way that you could make a connection was a dry cleaning owner's supply salesman could also be a great resource as well. Could you just maybe share a tip, a l- tell us a little bit more about how maybe that can happen, Nora? The whole allied trade industry can serve as your connection to others. I don't know, a, a century ago, Packard used a, a tagline in their ads, ask the man who owns one. Mm. That, I think he had a dozen cars on the market, and he built his, you know, his business with the ask the man who owns one. And the, the fact of the matter is that that sentiment or, or that approach is, is still alive today in the dry cleaning industry. So if you're looking at, whether you're looking at something small, like changing detergents, to looking at something huge like investing in, you know, new software or whatever, saying to your vendor, I want to talk to somebody who's using it, is a tremendous way to connect with however many cleaners it is you want to talk to in order to make your decision. And they will almost pre-select for you because they're not going to send you to the guy who's miserable and never wants to make time for anything or anybody. They're going to send you to somebody who's going to be open and willing to spend time talking to you about whatever that product or service may be. So your allied trade is in a tremendous position to pre-qualify and give you the best and the brightest and, and the most open and sharing, and you've got the opportunity for them to make the connection and the introduction for you and at the very least, you can use their name when you make the approach, saying so-and-so from such-and-such such suggested I reach out to you because he said you're getting the most from this product or service, and you would be a tremendous resource for me to hear from. And, I, and, there's, yeah. and there's not a one that will say to you, oh, no, I'm not going to let you talk to somebody else who's using it. Right. Not, in a mil- not in a million no, years. Not I mean, in a million years. It's not going to happen. No. No. No, it's not going to happen. And we're such a tight-knit industry, no pun intended, or maybe a little Mm -hmm. bit intended, but we we are. And everybody seems to have connections with everybody, which is a wonderful thing. Think of all these different ways that we're talking about right now. You know, have have you thought of your uh, supply sales person? Have you thought of uh, what do you do between meetings at these shows and conferences, you know, because that's where a lot of the interaction is going to happen. You're not going to talk at a meeting. You're going to be listening, writing, recording, but those walking from one to the other or having lunch or, like you said, getting out socially, that's where you're going to connect. Are we missing anything? Are, are there any 
other ways to connect yeah. with peers that maybe we haven't touched on? Go ahead. I, I think there are other opportunities. And again, I think it's, it's opportunities where they dismiss because they don't necessarily see the value out of the box. Yeah. Um, you attend a, a clean or a text care or even just in the normal course of things. Software providers have what they call user group meetings where they'll call everybody. They'll invite all the users to come and they're going to go over the upgrades and they're going to talk about the enhancements and they're going to talk about what they're doing going forward. And there's a lot of cleaners who take the approach of, I'm using it, I've got it, I understand what I've got, I don't need anything more, so I'm not going to attend this meeting. But the meeting has value beyond whatever the software provider may be sharing as a, as a stage on the stage. The meeting also has an opportunity in, in the table of a half a dozen or a dozen dry cleaners you're sitting with, all of whom have the same software and all of whom have shirts and dry cleaning and diversifications mm -hmm. and other things they're doing. And just by being there at that table and hearing what people say and getting to know them and, and hearing about what they're doing and why they're doing it, leads you to a host of other things and, and other opportunities and doors that you might not have even known you wanted or needed until you sat down at the table. Yes. Because, you know, I, I think it was Steve Jobs and Henry Ford both basically said the same thing. People don't know what they want until they see it. Mm -hmm. you, know, you, you don't know that you needed that thing that you heard about at that meeting until you sat down at that table and heard it. Right. And I, I think we need, sometimes sometimes we think, because it's so satisfying in dry cleaning, you have a garment come in, it's got a stain, at the end of the day, it's not stained, it's cleaned, it's pressed, and we feel like, wow, job well done, we've got this clean garment. And somehow or other, it doesn't feel like work when you leave the hot, steamy plant and you go sit in an air-conditioned room somewhere for a meeting, a seminar, a user group, um, and we feel like somehow or other, this isn't work. You know, we're not working. But the fact of the matter is, that's the more powerful work. Those connections that happen in that room, that information that's delivered by that speaker, that's more powerful in terms of the long-range success of your business than the stain you removed at the spotting table that week. Wow. Not that the stain isn't important, but in terms of the future, those moments in interacting with other people in the industry are the ones that are going to ensure your your survival and success. Nora, thank you so much for being with us today here on the American Dry Cleaner Podcast. We're discussing networking with peers. You gave us so many great tips on how dry cleaning owners can reach out to peers and get help and discuss ideas. That's Nora Nealis, Executive Director of the National Cleaners Association. Thank you again, Nora, for being with us today on the American Dry Cleaner Podcast. My pleasure, Tim. It was good chatting with you. Thank you for your time today and for being with us here on the American Dry Cleaner Podcast. The American Dry Cleaner Podcast is a production of American Trade Magazine's LLC Chicago. For more information about future podcasts and to get the latest fabric industry news, visit our website at americandrycleaner.com and make sure to read our weekly e-news blast. It's called The Wire. Also, be sure to visit American Dry Cleaner on Facebook and make sure to like us. And also follow us on Twitter to stay informed about these podcasts, along with news and information from around the industry. The royalty-free music used on this podcast is from Alvaro Angeloro called Brand New Day. It could be found at hooksounds.com. Thank you for being with us today on the American Dry Cleaner Podcast. 
This has been your host, Tim Burke, and I look forward to being with you again very soon.